Hey guys, welcome back to Kyler Burrell's Unedited Podcast, episode number 84. Um, you know, kind of just did a, this will be a, not really much breaking news. Um, I'm going to do my first college basketball seed rankings. I like to do one through six. I think it's a little more fun to extend from four. That'll be, that'll be what we'll start with. And then we'll get into, I'm going to use Joe Lenardi's 21 teams on the bubble because he does the last four by, last four in, first four out. Next four out, and then he has five teams that are kind of the outside looking in. So I'm using Joe Lenardi's 21 teams in the bubble and ranking them how I would. Then, like I said, last week's pod, we're going to do my updated top 16 tight ends. Heading into the offseason, my top 16 receivers and my top 16 running backs. Then we're going to get into a little favorite list rankings. haven't done this in a while. I'm going to rank my top six favorites. I got golf, soccer. These will be, obviously, these will be more kind of uh, active, I would say, because I mean, soccer, like I said, didn't get into that until like 2015. So in golf, Tiger's really my all-time favorite. Don't really have any more. Got one kind of older-ish guy in there. Um, and then we got NFL active, NFL all-time, NBA active, NBA all-time, MMA active, and MMA all-time. We'll get into that. Then we'll do my early, we'll do an early look at UFC 285, the big one with Jones and Gum. We'll do a preview. Just talk about all the, the main fights a little bit. We'll look at the odds. And then I'll give just my early predictions on what I'm thinking right now. And then we'll do the same thing to close it with Paul versus Fury, which happens this weekend, uh, I believe, 2 Eastern because it's in, I think it's in Dubai. So it's going to be at 2 o'clock Eastern. So 1 o'clock here, my time, 11 on the um, West Coast. We're going to do preview odds and my prediction for the Paul Fury fight. Um, but let's start off my college basketball seed rankings. We'll start from 1 to 6. Um, so my one seeds currently, I have Kansas as the number one overall seed and people are going to say, Oh my goodness, you're so biased. Like, well, okay, look at the resume. 14 of their 23 wins are quad one wins, right? Next closest is nine Purdue. So Kansas is winning games against very, very good competition. You know, and they're, they're leading the big 12 right now. You know, everyone buried them after that start, you know, after that kind of run, they went on three straight losses and it wasn't, you know, it was a bad run of form. And uh, now here they are with, in my opinion, they've, you know, I think Texas plays Iowa State tonight, right? Then Texas, who we're tied with currently. Then Texas, (coughs) excuse me. And then Texas has to go at Baylor, at TCU, and then KU at home, right? I would bet my money on that Texas does not win all three of these games. I think they do beat Iowa State tonight, but I think they lose one of at Baylor, at TCU. KU gets, KU got through their hard point. Now they go... They just beat TCU last night on the road. Now they go Texas Tech or West Virginia Texas Tech at home. All right, let's assume KU wins both those because I would expect them to at home, right? Then they play Texas at the end of the year. KU could probably will probably have at least a share of the Big 12 locked up. I would guess Texas loses one of those games. There is a world where KU has it completely locked up solo. Um, Texas loses two of three, which I think is so possible in the Big 12. Baylor only needs to lose one. That would put them back to six losses in the conference. And then KU would only have four. And if Texas, let's say Texas beats Iowa State tonight but loses it. Let's say Baylor loses tonight to K-State, which is possible, on the road. K-State 14-1 at home. They would then have six losses. Let's say, K, let's say Texas wins tonight but loses back-to-back road games at Baylor and TCU, which is very possible. They would then have six losses with KU sitting at four going into the Texas game. Okay, you would have it clinched. I believe personally, and I know you're going to say I'm a homer, but I think it's so realistic because I think KU is the best team in the Big 12. KU is probably going to have at least a share of the Big 12 regular season title locked up going into Texas. I would bet my money on that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Texas 
goes through this tough three-game stretch. Well, technically, and then they play KU, so probably their toughest stretch of the season. Iowa State at home, at Baylor, at TCU, KU at home. Tough stretch for Texas. I would guess, though, in those three games, they don't go 3-0. Could they? For sure they could. I would guess they don't, though, and KU has at least a share locked up. I have Alabama as my number two one seed. Um, I'm going Purdue and Houston. I think that's the consensus four. I don't like Houston as the number one overall seed. They haven't done I mean, their their conference isn't very good. You know, you could argue the SEC is not great, but I, I think the SEC is pretty good, and the Big Ten's tough. I don't think the Big Ten's great, but it's tough. So I would put those teams over Houston. My twos, I'm going UCLA, who I really thought about putting over Houston as my one seed, but I didn't. I went them as the number one two seed. I then go Texas, Baylor, Virginia as to round out my twos. My threes, I'm going Arizona as my top three with Tennessee, Gonzaga, and Marquette in there. Gonzaga's strength of schedule is very good. They played a very, very, very tough non-conference. And their conference isn't terrible. St. Mary's is a very good team, who I have right here in my fours. I'm going Kansas State as my top four, and then Miami, St. Mary's, and Indiana. My fives, I'm going Creighton, TCU, UConn, and Iowa State. My sixes as of now, this is before, and again, you guys might hear this later past tonight's games. This could all change. This is before Tuesday night's games. I have Providence, Xavier, Northwestern, San Diego State, Duke creeping up to the six line though. Be careful for them if you're one of those teams. Duke is coming. So let's go to my Joe Lenardi's, um, using Joe Lenardi's 21 teams on the bubble and ranking them how I would. Um, I didn't put all 21 teams. I just read through his list and I put mine in here. So my... Uh, my last four buys, so teams that right now are not comfortably, but they're more they're 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 comfortable right now, but everything can change in a hurry. I'm going Memphis, Oklahoma State, Wisconsin, and Mississippi State as my last four buys. My last four in, so you know you're right on the border: West Virginia, USC, Charleston, and Boise. My first four out, I'm going UNC, New Mexico, Nevada, and Arizona State. And then my next four out, teams that really need to make a good run here at the end of the regular season and probably need to have a really good showing in, the big, in their tournaments. I'm going Texas Tech, Michigan, Clemson, and Penn State. Those would be my teams. Those would be my bubble rankings and my seed rankings for college basketball. So let's get into some more. Again, a lot of these are going to be lists today. Again, not much going on in the fight world. Uh, you know, the Jones fight's still two weeks away, but I want to talk about it here now. We'll probably talk, and then, you know, we'll probably might talk about it a little more. Or well, we definitely will talk about it next week because that'll be the week of the fight. So we'll definitely talk about it next week. But I like to always go a little early on the big fight cards. And this is a big one. Um, you know, and there's just not too much going around. NBA hasn't started back up, so there's not much to talk about there. Um, didn't do a mock draft this week. We'll have one. I'm going to have one ready to go. We'll probably have trades next week. But here are my top 16 tight ends heading into the offseason. At 16, I'm going Cole Komet. I'm going Hayden Hurst at 15. Hunter Henry at 14, Dawson Knox at 13, Dalton Schultz at 12, and Mike Gusecki at 11. I'm going to grab a drink before we get into our top 10. At 10, I'm going Zach Ertz. I know injury kind of plagued him this year, but I still think he's a top 10 tight end. At 9, guy I really love, Pat Fryermuth. I think he's going to be a really solid tight end for many years to come. Evan Ingram, I thought, had a really good year and a really good end of the year. I'm going Evan Ingram at eight. And this uh, next two guys, kind of this season, kind of plagued by injuries also. Darren Waller at seven and then Kyle Pitts at six. Dallas Goddard, I thought when he returned to form, he was tremendous for the Eagles. 
TJ Hawkinson, I think he's going to be even better next year in Minnesota system. Mark Andrews, again, had some injuries. Also had backup quarterback, but I go Mark Andrews at three. And then two ones easy. George Kittle, two. Travis Kelsey, one. Wide receivers. This one was tough for me. Um, wide receivers are, can be a little tougher. I think some people are going to criticize where I have Debo, but that's okay. I don't think he's a great wide receiver. I'm going off your ability to catch the football and be a wide receiver, okay? So I got Scary Terry at 16, Terry McLaurin. I have Debo at 15. I don't think, you know, when you put it all together, yes, he's probably going to be ranked inside your top 10, maybe even top 9 or 8 when it comes to fantasy rankings because he does get touches in the run game. I just don't think he's an elite wide receiver. So I'm going him at 15. I'm going Chris Goblin at 14. Injuries plagued him. We're gonna be, it's going to be real interesting to see what quarterback they get in there in Tampa because you do have Mike Evans and Godwin. But I've heard that they could be looking to move Mike Evans, um, you know, just for cap reasons and stuff. So Mike Evans could be on the trade block as well as DeAndre Hopkins is. I got Jalen Waddle at 13. I got T. Higgins at 12. And then I do have Mike Evans at 11. I still think Mike Evans is an unbelievable receiver. And he goes to the right team. Um, I said that uh, D-Hop to the Chiefs would be phenomenal. I think Mike Evans with the deep ball would be even better because I think he's a better deep ball guy. And, uh, man, Patrick Mahomes throwing that thing to Mike Evans would be incredible to watch. Ten, I went DK. I think DK's a stud. Uh, DK's an absolute animal. I think he's going to climb this list too. C.D. Lamb at nine. Probably could have had him higher. I really – this seven through nine grouping – was tough. It was AJ Brown at eight and then Stefan Diggs at seven. I You could debate AJ Brown and CD over Stefan. I went AJ Brown eight and I kept Diggs at seven, but this list could change as the year goes on next year. I got D hop at six. I got Tyreek at five. He still had an unbelievable season and he's still the biggest game changer at the position. Uh, Jamar Chase at four. Uh, Devontae Adams at three. Cooper Cup at two and Jay Jettas at one. Running backs, um, again, a tough list to make for running backs. You know, I'm, you know, it's it's a difficult list to make because you're kind of, you know, I'm not trying to go off of all what happened last year. I'm trying to balance it out of what I can predict as well. I'm going DeAndre Swift at 16. If he can stay healthy, he's a top 15, maybe even a top 10 back. Uh, Kenneth Walker at 15, I think he's going to be a stud for a long time, as well as the guy at 14, Brees Hall, who was off to a monster start and then got the ACL injury. Tony Pollard at 13, um, you know, Cowboys probably going to franchise tag him and he's probably going to be our number one back. He's you know probably going to be, he's going to take over and get in the most touches and we're going to have a, you know, backup, a short yardage guy. Um, the Cowboys, even though I think Zeke is a pure short yardage guy now, I think the Cowboys ch- still tried to use Zeke as a real, as an all around back. And I just don't think he is that anymore. Pollard's going to get the bulk of the touches. I don't expect Zeke to be a Cowboy unless he takes a significant pay cut. I got Travis Etienne at 12. Najee Harris at 11, Alvin Kamara at 10. I have Josh Jacobs in here at 9. Could have argued him at 8, 7, maybe even 6. I went Dalvin because I do even even if he gets cut, I think Dalvin's going to bounce back. Joe Mixon at 7, Aaron Jones at 6, Eckler in at 5. Again, because I again, he's probably a top 3 pick in fantasy football because what he does in the receiving game, but as a running back, I think I would have him lower than some guys. I'm going Chubb at four, Derrick Henry at three. I have Saquon at two, and easy CMC at one. CMC is the uh, Austin Eckler on steroids. He does a lot in the run games. He's st- Eckler gets a lot of rushing touchdowns, but CMC, you can get you can get him between the tackles, and he can still go. CMC is clearly the best running back in football. 
So again, like I said, this isn't going to be a very long podcast. We're going to the break the the breakdowns of uh, early look at UFC two eighty five and Paul Fury will be here. But that'll be a bit longer, and uh, I guess we can go through and we can check the um, standings for uh, KB and the boys as well. Um, but let's get into my favorite rankings. So golf, I Tiger at one still clearly. Justin Thomas always loved him. Rory's crept in there at three. Uh, just you know how. I like how Rory handles himself. Um, used to not be his biggest fan, but I am now a huge fan of Rory. Will Zalatoris, one of my favorite up-and-comers. Tony Finau, love him. And then Jason Day, I've always liked for a long time. I got him in there at six. Soccer, Pulisic, one. Very easy. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, two. You know, no, who knows how much longer he'll play, but he's still in there. Mo Salah at three. Virgil van Dijk at four. Darwin Nunes at five. And Trent Alexander-Arnold at six. Bad night for my Reds, man. 2-0 start, 15 minutes in. 15 minutes in, it's 2-0, and they end up losing 5-2 to Real Madrid tonight in the Champions League at Anfield. Almost an insurmountable comeback. I don't think it can happen at, at the Bernabeu. I don't think they can come back and win and win that tie. I think Champions League is over, and really it's, it's going to be now about, you know, only seven points back, which is criminal. You'd think the way Liverpool season's gone, they're 15 points back from top four. Only seven. They got to make a run in the Premier League now, which they don't have. They probably won't have anything else to worry about. They're out of both cups. They're probably going to be out of the Premier League. It's the Premier, or they're going to be out of the Champions League. It's going to be down to the Premier League. And that's all they have to worry about. And hopefully, they can get into the top four. Um, so NFL active: Pat Mahomes one, Micah Parsons two, C.D. Lamb three, Trayvon Diggs four, Justin Fields five, and Aaron Rodgers in there at six. All time. Starts off with maybe my favorite trio, Dez one, Romo two, Witten three. I love that trio they had, and you know Romo's Romo's my all time favorite quarterback. Dez all time favorite cowboy, and I love Witten to death. I mean, just so good. I do have Zeke in here at four all time. You know, kind of he's not the same Zeke obviously as he was those first four years, but man, those first four years, he arguably was the best running back in football. And then I do have Pat and Micah in there all time at five and six. NBA, the all-time one was so tough for me because I've always just been such a diehard LeBron fan that it was tough for me to pick all-time. It's mainly just guys that played with LeBron, you know, guys that helped win championships and stuff like that. Um, but for active, Braun won, clearly. Uh, LaMelo Ball, two. Cade Cunningham is three. Anthony Davis, four. Luka, five. And Kevin Love, six. Um, all-time, Braun, obviously. Kevin Love is my second favorite player all-time. Mario Chalmers, third. Kyrie four, AD five, and Chris Bosh six. You might say, why is Kyrie not in the active? I mean, Kyrie's just kind of pissed me off over the years. The way he left LeBron kind of pissed me off. So active, I still root for Kyrie, but like he's not one of my favorites. And AD over Kevin Love right now active because that's who LeBron's playing with. But yeah, that would be the NBA. For MMA though, Connor one, this is active. Colby Covington two, Sean O'Malley three, Nganu four, even though he's technically not in the UFC, he's still an MMA fighter, let's be honest. And uh, Israel Desanya, five, and Patty Pimblett, number six. All-time MMA, Conor McGregor, one. Tito Ortiz, two. He was the guy that got me into the sport. I remember UFC, I think it was UFC 40 when he fought Ken Shamrock. And I was young, but I do remember that fight. And Tito was the one who really got me to love the sport. Um, and then Anderson Silva, three. Matt Hughes, four. Uriah Faber, five. And yeah, you might say, this isn't, I'm far from casual in MMA, but I did love Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is my sixth favorite of all time. I love Brock so much. Um, he was just so damn fun to watch. Uh, Brock is definitely in my top six. Ronda Rousey, honorable mention, 
at number seven probably for me. Let's look at UFC 285. I don't know if we have a card before. I think they might have been taking a break, honestly. Let's see, UFC 285, Jones versus Gann. Oh, no, there is a fight night. We can go through that real quick, too. Um, that is, okay, yeah, that's this week. Uh, fr- is that Friday? Is this a Friday fight? Yeah, February. Mm. I want to say this is Friday. Where's my calendar? So February 25th. No, it's a Saturday. Okay, yeah. No, February 25th. It is a Saturday. Um, it's, a, it's actually not a terrible... Uh, we do got some fights to pick. It's actually the four fights on the main card. If it's a four or five main card, are very good. Um, okay. Um, Nikita Krylov, Ryan Spann. Good fight. That'll be a really good fight. Um, we'll check the odds out for that. Expect a stand-up battle there. Um, you know, I, somebody's probably going to sleep early. You know, these guys throw bombs. Um, middleweight co-main event, Andre Munez, who I really like, versus Brendan Allen. Is Brendan Allen ranked? Let's check. Let's go real quick to some UFC. Let's look at the UFC rankings as well. Because Munez is ranked. I'm not sure if Brendan Allen is. So we're going to find out right here, right now, though. Okay. Middleweight. Munez is ranked 11. Brendan Allen not ranked. That's weird that Munez couldn't find a better fight. You know, Jack Hermanson doesn't have a fight. Um, I'm not sure if Imavov or Gaslam or even Darren Till's at 15 now. My word, son. Um, so yeah, that'll be a really good fight though. I, th- I expect Munez to win. I would pick, I'd probably pick Span and Munez as of now. Augusto Sakai versus Dante May is a 31 year old heavyweight. He's nine and four. Okay. He was on Dana White's contender series. His first fight off the contender series was Cyril Gaon. He lost, lost to Rodrigo Nascimento. Then he beat Roque Martinez, Josh Parisian. And then originally, okay. Then he fought Hamdi. Abdulawab was a no contest. Originally a split decision win for Hamdi overturned after he tested positive for a steroid, I'm guessing. So it's a contentious guy. He's only 31. This is a, you know, Augusto Sakai. I don't know the, let's see Augusto Sakai. The, the next fight is probably the fight I'm most looking forward to. And it's a women's fight. Augusto Sakai's on a four fight losing streak. My word. My word. So Augusto Sakai came into the UFC. He was on contender series. He got a knockout. Then he came in, knocked out Sherman. Decision Arlovsky, knocked out Tybura, decision Imavov, knocked out by Overeem, knocked out by Rosenstruck, knocked out by Tuivasa, knocked out by Spivak. I mean, it's not an easy go at all. I don't know who I'd favor here. I, I might lean with the 31-year-old who's got some power, but it, that can go either way with those heavyweights. And then Tatiana Suarez finally returns. Um, she is 32. You know, she's had a rough, uh, a rough go with some injuries. And, uh, ex- you know, ex- you know, I can't remember what it was exactly, but she has not fought since 2019. She's undefeated, dominated. I mean, she came in, fought, she fought Amanda Cooper on the Ultimate Fighter, won the tournament via Dar's Choke. Then she beat Vivian Pereira via decision, submitted Alexa Grasso, TKO Desparza, decision Nina Nunes. I mean, she was a killer. Everyone thought that she was going to be champion. Um, she's fighting Montana De La Rosa, who is not a bad fighter in her own right. This is no easy fight. She's coming off a loss to Macy Barber. This is no easy fight for her first fight back. I would expect her to win in dominating fashion, but you never know here. Um, but yeah, that is a that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, let's look at some odds here. UFC fight night. Krylov versus Span odds. 
Can we get some odds? Fight odds. Here we go. Got the odds. Okay. Oh, this is for the fight. Can I get the card? I just want the card. Yeah. Odds on the card. Whole card. Okay, so for the four main fights, I don't know if we'll pick another one on that. Let me go back to the fight card. Mm, no, we're probably just going to pick those four. It's not th that, but it is a great, those last four fights are tremendous. Wow, Suarez is minus 750. Good Lord. Suarez, minus 750. FanDuel, minus 900 to plus 450 for Montana De La Rosa. My God. Augusto Sakai is a slight favorite over Dontel Mays, minus 136 to plus 108. Munez, a sizable favorite, minus 245 to plus 186. And then Krylov, a minus 184 to Spans, plus 142. Okay. So like I said, uh, my picks for that will probably be, I'll go Span, Munez, Mays, and Suarez, obviously. But let's get into Gon Jones' fight card, which will be the following, not this weekend, the following, I believe. So are we looking... Do they have another bout coming here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, my God. This card is fucking sick. Oh, my God. So on the early prelims, we have Jessica Penne, Tabitha Ricci. We have Ian Gary, Song Kinam. We have Julian Marquez versus Marc-Andre Berriot. Vivian Araujo and Amanda Hibas. Derek Brunson versus Drakus Duplessis. This is on the preliminary card. This is on the ESPN Plus prelims. Cody Garbrandt, uh, Trevin Jones will be the main event of the prelims. Then to open up the main card, you're going to get Matus Gamra and Jalen Turner. You're then going to get Bo Nickel and Jamie Pickett. Jeff Neal and Shavkat Rachmanov. Valentina Shevchenko defending her women's flyweight title against Alexa Grasso. Jones versus Gone. Oh my goodness, this card. So I'm gonna break down. I'm gonna break down uh, these uh, top four fights. Uh, well, kind of. Bo Nickel should win this fight easily. Jamie Pickett. This is kind of a. It's a decent name for Bo Nickel. Um, a guy that's fought for in the UFC for a decent amount. I mean, not. And he's fought in there for three years, but he's not very good. He should win. Um, Bo Nickel probably will run through him if I had to guess. Um, but yeah, uh, this card is outstanding. So for Jeff Neal, Shavkat, this will be interesting because Jeff Neal, he's going to want to keep this thing on the feet, man. Um, and he, he's going to be a bit smaller. But this, he's, he, uh, he started off his UFC career, um, beat Brian Kamozi via submission, Camacho via KO, Bilal Muhammad decision. He beat Bilal, uh, knocked out Nico Price and knocked out Mike Perry. Then he went on two-fight skid. He lost by decision to Wonderboy Thompson and Magny. But then two fights, he beat Ponzinibbio by decision and then knocked out Vicente Luca. Luke, so he's riding a bit of a high coming on. Shavkat Rachmanov, uh, the future, in my opinion, of this division. Uh, he's fought in four times. He beat Alex Oliveira, Michel Prazes via submission, submission, and then he KO'd Carlton Harris, and then he submitted Neil Magny. So he's only fought in four times. See, I think this is his toughest fight, but this is probably Jeff Neal's toughest fight because how good Shavkat is. Shavkat's probably going to try to – he's going to use forward pressure, and I would guess he tries to get clinched and get this fight to the ground where he has an unbelievable advantage there. Jeff Neal, I think, has a chance on the feet. Maybe, though. Shavkat's so good. You guys got to watch this guy. Uh, you got to turn into this pay-per-view because Shavkat is the future. Uh, Grosso versus Shevchenko. Shevchenko, I would agree, has looked more human. 
Um, Grosso is on a four-fight win streak, and she's beaten some good fighters. Um, she, she moved up the flyweight. Uh, Ji Young Kim via decision. Macy Barber decision. Joanne Calderwood submission. And Viviana Rajo via decision. She has looked good since her move to flyweight. She's really, you know, revamped her career. Uh, Shevchenko. Oh my goodness, a long, 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 long. Okay, so here we go, Shevchenko. Um, you know, in my opinion, I thought she lost her last fight to Talia Santos. Uh, she looked beatable in that fight. Uh, I don't know if Grosso's style is good enough to beat Shevchenko, but you never know. But, I mean, since Ananda Nunes, right, she went to flyweight. She beat Priscilla Cachoeira via submission. She beat Ian Jacek via decision to win the vacant title. She knocked out Jessica I. She beat Carmouche via decision. Uh, knocked out or TKO'd Chukagian. Decision Jennifer Maya. TKO'd Andrade. TKO'd Lauren Murphy. And then the split decision against Talia Santos, which again, I thought she lost, but that doesn't matter. John Jones, Cyril Gaon. I mean, I cannot wait for this. This is going to be thrilling. Um, Cyril Gaon, again, start off UFC career. Uh, beat Rafael Pasau via submission. Dontel Mays, decision. Tanner Bowes, or sorry, Rafael Pasau submission, Dontel Mays submission, Tanner Bozer decision, knocked out JDS, decision went over Rosenstruck, decision went over Volkov, knocked out Derek Lewis, lost the decision to Nganu, and then knocked out Tuivasa in his last fight. John Jones, what, I mean, how long has it been? Four years? It's had to have been four years. So he's going to fight March. Uh, just so much going on. He's got, Jones has the longest Wikipedia page. He last fought in February of 2020, so it's going to be about three years. Three years since he fought, um, where in his, his last three fights, I did not think he looked very good. You could argue, you know, the Ovin St. Prue fight in 2016, he did not look good. He did knock out Daniel Cormier, but it got overturned uh, because of steroids. He knocked out Gustafsson, where I thought he looked tremendous. But then it was really, I think, in my opinion, it was a lack of desire and just these guys aren't on my level. I'm just going to coast to wins. You know, decision unanimous against Smith. I, he definitely won that fight. Split decision against Santos, arguably lost. Decision against Reyes, arguably lost. I just think John Jones is going to be too good in this fight. That's just my honest opinion. So let's get some UFC. We'll look at the odds, obviously, again next week. Let's look at them right now. Um, obviously, we're going to use FanDuel here. John Jones minus 156 to Cyril Gans plus 132. Um, Shevchenko minus 620 to Grosso's plus 460. Rachmanov minus 460 to Niels plus 360. Uh, for this fight, we're going to have to use a different one. What can I use here? Um, we use, uh, we'll just use draft coins. Uh, Bone Nickel minus 1400 to Pickett's plus 850. Uh, we'll go, um, for this one, we'll just go bet online plus 145 to minus 170. Gamrot, the favorite. Um, Findle, Derek Brunson, plus 184 to Duplessis, minus 420. Uh, Garbrandt, minus 165 to Trevin Jones, plus 140. Vivian Araujo, plus 110 to Hebosses, minus 130. Julian Marquez, plus 105 to Barry Alts, minus 125. Ian Gary, minus 550 to Ken, uh, Song Kenyon, plus 400. And then Tabitha Ricci, minus 230 to Jessica Penes, plus 195. That is going to be one of the best cards of the year, though. It is stacked top to bottom. You got Ian Gary, Song Keenum on the early prelims with Jessica Penefe and Tabarici. Then the preliminary card is sick. Marquez Burial, Araujo Ribas, Brunson Duplessis, and Garbrandt Tevin Jones, and the main card, Bo Nickel Pickett. 
Gamrot Turner, Jeff Neal Shavkat, Shevchenko Grasso, and Jones gone. That is an unbelievable card. Okay, well, now we're going to talk a little Jake Paul. Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. So, how many rounds is this going to be? I know. Okay. Eight rounds. Cruiserweight, so 190. Jake Paul, 6-0, four knockouts. Tommy Fury, 8-0, four knockouts. Don't give a rat's ass about the undercard. This is in Saudi Arabia. So this is going to be on... Oh, so this is going to be on Sunday for uh, us. Yeah, Sunday... And I believe it takes place at, yeah, Sunday Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Okay. ESPN Plus pay-per-view for America. Okay, all right, all right, all right. So let's look at the odds here before we get into... What are the closing odds right now? Does FanDuel have these odds? FanDuel Sportsbook. Okay, so at FanDuel, Jake Paul is a minus 165 favorite to Tommy Fury's plus 145. Like I said all along, I agree with Jake Paul being a slight favorite because this is a step up for Jake Paul when it comes to boxing terms. I just think that Tommy Fury is a... I just think that this moment might be too big for him. Um, and I'm not impressed by Tommy Fury's boxing ability. I don't think that there, he has a substantial wide gap, wide margin in the, in the box, in just strictly boxing than Jake Paul. Now people say that, you know, maybe he's pulling punches and he's not, he's not going all out in these fights because he's waiting to put it all together against Jake Paul and really end Jake Paul. Possibly. I don't buy that though. I don't buy that. I could be wrong, but I don't buy that. Um, you know, people say, how can you, how can you show yourself pumped for this fight? I mean, it's fun, dude. I mean, live a little. I know that people are saying it's an embarrassment to the sport. How? He's bringing more eyeballs to the sport. His pay-per-view numbers are pretty good, right? Um, I truly do think Jake Paul is going to win this fight. How is a tough prediction? If the boxing is damn near close to equal, I think Jake Paul's going to find a way. He could find a way to win a decision. But I also think that Jake Paul really wants to put Tommy Fury in his place and show. And he he's been saying that Tommy's soft and he'll crumble. I think Jake Paul gets a knockout. I'm going to say Jake Paul gets a knockout in round three. I'm going to go Paul knockout in round three. Um, I wonder what the odds would be on that. Can I just go to FanDuel? Um, obviously, I don't need to sign in. Just, I just want to look at odds. Okay, so okay, hold on. I bet Bovada has the lines. Obviously, I don't use Bovada, but I still have the app. Let's see if Bovada Bovada has like the uh, the extra picks here. I just think that it's going to be too much. I think Tom Fury is going to be. Okay, they don't have it right now. I will probably bet. My bet will probably be Jake Paul via via knockout via stoppage. I think Jake Paul gets a stoppage. Fourth round, just an extra prediction, but I think Jake Paul stops him in this fight. 
And then I think we're on to, you know, hopefully KSI next to get that over with. Um, but, yeah, I think Jake Paul gets a stoppage in this fight. I truly do. Um, and I can't wait, though, for Sunday. So Saturday we'll have some good good UFC main card on the fight night. Really, those four fights, that's one of the best fight nights in a while, those four fights. Um, not the greatest, like, headliner, but the, all four of those fights are good fight night. Those are great fight night fights. I love that. Um, and then Sunday we'll have the Jake Paul fight, so I cannot wait. Um, but let's get into – let's we'll read you off the records for uh, KB and the boys. Um, parlay, panel parlay drops to 0-7. Sadly, um, Colby stays at the top. He went two and one. He's 14 and seven. I stay in second. Oh, I guess here we can look. What was Schmidt's extra bet? Max Homer to win. Okay, hold on. Live, live ranking update. Schmidt lost. So Schmidt goes to 10 and 11. Okay, so Schmidt went one and two. He goes to, he's at 10 and 11 and third. Uh, Carter at eight and thirteen. He went zero and three. Nick went two and one. Big bounce back for him. He's seven and fourteen, still in last, but closed the gap. Like I said, Parlay went to zero and seven. Mortal Lock record stayed the same. No Mortal Locks. Three and zero for me. One no for Colby. Zero and one for Schmidt. But we'll be back that with the, either Friday evening or Saturday morning. One of the two. Um, I like to you know wait as long as possible because uh, I just like to have the lines out for college basketball on Saturday for locks. It's just better. I don't want to just pick the Friday night games because they're usually kind of shittier. Um, but yeah, so Unhead will be back next week. I'll, we'll have we'll have a mock draft, and uh, obviously we'll dive more deeper into UFC 285, um, Jones versus Gone, and we'll have our Jake Paul reactions, which will be obviously very fun. But uh, hey, thank you guys for listening, and we'll be back Friday or Saturday with KB and the boys. Peace.